Pass the Potatoes is recorded at GLB Studios. Welcome to the podcast. My name is Jody, and I'm a nurse. At the end of 2018, I realized I was overweight. I'm 5'10", and at that time I was 47 years old and 172 pounds. So in 2019, I began exercising six days a week. I lost about 12 pounds and I felt and looked better, but my weight loss stalled, and I knew if I stopped working out, I would gain it all back. My real weight loss journey began in May 2020, when I saw the most unflattering photograph I had ever seen of myself. I was bent over pulling weeds in the backyard in a bikini, of all things, and the sun hit my cellulite in every way possible. And that day, something changed in me. Because after working out six days a week for almost a year and a half, I was the furthest thing from looking fit. I was tired of not liking my body, and I had been dieting off and on for most of my life, and nothing I did seemed to really work. So I took a hard look at my beliefs, habits, excuses, and feelings about food. I changed my mindset and now I weigh 132 pounds and I've kept the weight off for a year and I feel fantastic. In each episode, I will reveal a specific change in thinking I had and how it helped me transform my body and achieve optimal health without gimmicks or special diets. We even named the podcast, Pass the Potatoes. I did not want to do this alone, so I asked my sister to join me. Hi, I'm Gina. So I'm a therapist, and the reason I wanted to join my sister was due to my own struggles with weight loss. I have battled my weight for my entire life, and I've recently lost about 80 pounds and gained it all back. And so I was very interested in learning how in the world could I lose weight again and keep it off. So what I wanted to bring to this podcast is a view from a mental health and cognitive standpoint. So much of wellness, including weight loss and habits and maintaining change, is about knowing yourself and understanding why we do what we do. So do you want to talk about food? Sure, sure. Let's talk about food, baby. Yeah. So in this episode, we want to talk about food in our own lives mm-hmm. and kind of how we start when we're young mm-hmm. and work our way up to adulthood and the things that mm-hmm. food, the, the role that food plays in an individual's life. Yes. And our hope is that this podcast can leave you, you know, reflecting on your own relationship with food and perhaps can you know allow you to explore different perspectives. We often take a very one-track-minded perspective when it comes to food, whether it's you know what can I eat, what can't I eat, and you know how is this going to affect my weight. Um, for a lot of people now, clearly there's people in the world who struggle to maintain a weight, who have to eat an enormous amount of calories in order to stay at a, at a normal, you know, healthy body weight. Um, there's people who have um, different needs, you know, but the majority of the people that we th- believe are listening to our podcast um, are likely interested in, as we are, um, 
you know, how to maintain a, a healthy weight. So when we think about food, we often don't think about it more than just that. Mm-hmm. And when we say healthy weight, just as a general guideline, we're talking about a normal BMI. Mm-hmm. So that is body mass index. It's a calculation based mm-hmm. on your gender, your age, your height, your weight, and mm-hmm. it's a guideline. Again, this is just guidelines. Some people get into their BMI and they feel they look too thin mm-hmm. or they're still not as happy. So mm-hmm. it's just a general guideline to mm-hmm. be in your BMI for health. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, individuals may want different things. Mm-hmm. I don't think I've ever been in my BMI. I've always been over it. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, maybe I've been at the very t- top of it. You know, mm-hmm. there's always a range. Um, I don't know. Sometimes I think it's, I'm not sure how attainable it is. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if that's just me wanting to not, you know, work to get to that point. <laughs> or if, you know, because I know there's a lot of discussion about BMI by itself and what does that really mean. Um, from a treatment standpoint, um, you know, a lot of times if, uh, if someone is getting a physical done, a BMI assessment is usually part of the physical. Mm-hmm. And um, from a medical record standpoint, um, almost everyone is considered obese um, or overweight. You know, rarely do we see someone who is in that, in their BMI, either they're under it or they're over it. Mm-hmm. And so then it opens the discussion of, are we just truly that unhealthy or are there inherent you know, issues within the BMI. And of course that's a whole different discussion, but yeah. Um, but it is sort of our guideline from a health standpoint as far as what we should be. And I would probably say that we are probably unhealthy. Mm-hmm. And that No, I won't believe it. <laughs> no. All the statistics are wrong. <laughs> I think that's one of those I did it too. Excuses where I thought, well, maybe BMI just isn't even accurate. Mm-hmm. I think what we do along the way is we we just make excuses for ourselves. And I did it too because I used to say, well, I'm in my 40s and people in my family are overweight. Mm-hmm. And I have hormones changing mm-hmm. and all that. But none of that really stops you from losing weight or being in optimal health. Right. It's just something that you can say your mind latches onto Mm -hmm. of a barrier that's that's not really there. Mm -hmm. You've created it. Mm -hmm. I had a friend who said, I don't know if I'll ever get to my ideal weight. Mm -hmm. And I thought, well, if you believe that, then you never Mm -hmm. will. Mm Mm-hmm. It's amazing what our minds tell us to prevent us from changing. Right. We put up all these barriers Mm -hmm. that we create. Yeah. So I think when we talk about our relationship with food, one of the first things I did is I thought, what kind of beliefs do I have about food? Mm -hmm. And are they true? Right. Did these get passed down to me from my parents? And do they even make sense? Because as you grow up, you learn that your parents didn't know everything. And they told you information that you believe to be gospel. And then you get older and think, well, that's not even true. 
and there can be food issues like that as well. Mm-hmm. One thing that comes to mind that I associate with that is peanut butter in the refrigerator. Mm-hmm. And the reason for this is, and Jody knows exactly what I'm talking about, when we were growing up, our mother kept the peanut butter in the refrigerator. Mm-hmm. That's just how we thought that it happened. We hated peanut butter. Didn't hate it, but every time I wanted to make a sandwich, it was it ripped the bread. It was difficult to maneuver. So I believe it was you, Jody, that was in college and and had a roommate that was said, "Why are you putting the peanut butter in the fridge? You don't need to do that." And it was like a light bulb went off, and. And it opened this whole door of thinking into, you know, there's there may be other things that we learned growing up that may not be accurate. And, you know, and things surrounding food specifically. Mm-hmm. How do you keep food fresh? What foods are good for you? What is an appropriate portion size? How do you handle hunger? Is late night snacking acceptable or not acceptable is getting cookies acceptable or not acceptable how is dessert looked at is dessert something that happens after every meal or is it something that happens on you know every every so often so really evaluating that and I'm not sure that we're going to tell you it has to be a certain way because that's for you to decide but the point is Stop and think about your beliefs. We often accept things as being factual that we've known. The longer we've known it, the more likely we are to believe it to be factual. And so when we stop and question it, there's usually not a lot of evidence to support it. Mm Mm-hmm. I think about our mom, and we love our mother. We're not here to bash our mother. She's probably listening. Mm Mm-hmm. But she was really big on added sugar in cereal. Mm -hmm. So when we were kids, we never got Fruit Loops or Cocoa Puffs or Captain Crunch or any kind of sugary cereal. Mm -hmm. But then she would make us toast with cinnamon and sugar just dumped on top of it. Yes. So a lot of what we learn is arbitrary. Mm -hmm. Well, and you know, our values surrounding food, what's okay and not okay to do is something we rarely sit and think about, but they're so prominent when we really do reflect on them. And we are often very biased in how we approach food and the assumption that a lot of others do a similar approach, Mm -hmm. but we don't always know that. Right. So, for example, um, when you first move in with someone, whether it's a roommate or a significant other, Mm -hmm. learning how they store their food, how they um, buy their food, their philosophy behind that, those things are very um, ingrained in us and we learn it through our our family situation. Mm -hmm. So... Expiration dates. Yes. (laughs) Are they just a suggestion Mm -hmm. or are those set in stone? Right. Leftovers and Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. And how we, how we interact with that can become a very big focus within our relationship Mm -hmm. and relationships and food tend to operate together Mm -hmm. so closely. 
think about how do we celebrate mm-hmm. with almost anything, right? With a food, a dinner, a cake. Um, yeah. Oh, it's my birthday. We're going out to dinner, and then mm-hmm. we're gonna have cake. Yeah. And so we we do we 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 so closely associate food, and it's not normally healthy food mm-hmm. with you know a celebration or a victory of some sort. You know, rarely it's like it's my birthday. I'm gonna eat a bunch of carrots today, right? Or not? Uh, you know, I'm just not really gonna eat today, right? Or the celebration is about going and doing this activity, and not necessarily about the the mm-hmm. food associated with it. Yeah, I know personally, um, food is such a social um, activity as well mm-hmm. that if I am alone. Which, when my kids are in school, I do. I spend every day alone um, because I, I only work um, part-time. In the um, evenings. In the evenings. And, um, you know, I almost never eat during the day. Um, it And not because I'm... And sometimes I'll, I'll, I'll feel my stomach growling and I'll say, oh, you know, I probably should eat something. But it doesn't really occur to me as much to eat when I'm just completely by myself mm-hmm. as it does when my children are home or especially when my husband was home. Mm-hmm. Um, the pandemic has been so difficult for me personally um, because of <laughs> your family was my, here. My fam- my I had to spend time with my family and it was just such <laughs> an awful, awful thing. So I'm, I'm sure everyone listening can understand, but um but no, you know, we, we got into this pattern where my husband was working part-time. Well, not part-time. He was working in the mornings at the office, and then he would come home. And he would call, and he would want to pick up lunch on the way home. Uh-huh. Well, and for me, that is like my brain just starts firing. And I think of like every unhealthy option. And I'm like, yes, let's do this. Let's do that. So we got into this really bad habit of eating some kind of fast or processed food every day. But upon reflection, I think, and I think our goal is to increase our own self-awareness. Mm-hmm. So as I've become more self-aware of my food habits and practices, I see those associations and those habits. Yes. I, with my work schedule, we will plan to eat certain meals and do certain things because I'm, I'm around versus not. Mm-hmm. And those habits become something we we food is such a big looking something that we plan out there's you know there's a lot to be said for how we associate food and Mm -hmm. you know we often will plan days around meals Mm -hmm. you know where are we going to have lunch where are we going to eat dinner what time are we going to do this Mm -hmm. and I know you and I grew up where in a setting where I mean, you did not do anything unless you had a plan for what you were going to do for breakfast, lunch, and dinner and right. what time you were going to eat. Yes. So, I remember when our parents went to Florida, or Hawaii. Hawaii, yeah. They went to Hawaii, and we they came back. We said, oh, how was your trip? Mm-hmm. And they said, oh, we ate at this really great restaurant the first night we were there. Mm-hmm. Then the second night, we had this seafood that was so good, and Literally, yes. I'm not exaggerating. Their entire description of Hawaii mm-hmm. was where they ate yes. when they were there mm-hmm. and the food that they ate. Mm-hmm. And they went on a luau and they had the pork in the ground. And I'm mm-hmm. sure it was delicious. 
But I know that they did other things. Right. There were beaches and there mm-hmm. were tours. We saw all and the there pictures. Were, Yes, mm-hmm. they went to, they were hula dancers and there was mm-hmm. music and they spent time together. Mm-hmm. But that did not make the headline. No. When we asked them about their trip. You would not believe this poi milkshake <laughs> that we had. And what's interesting is, um, you know, in our family growing up, obviously meals were, I mean, that was, you know, what are we going to do for this meal, for that meal, planning that. Mm-hmm. But in my husband's family, they will plan an entire afternoon based on activities. Mm-hmm. It will be, well, we're having people over to play frisbee golf, to go to this park, to do this. And there's no discussion of a meal or what that's going to be like. And they're all thin. They are. And how they, and well, and for someone entering that kind of family and not having grown up in that, it's very anxiety producing because <laughs> the whole time you're like, so when are we going to eat? When is lunch? What are we going to have? And it's, it's so, it, it's just so interesting and, and how the, the mind works and how those habits and those rituals and all of that comes together mm-hmm. and how much of it really is ingrained and within us. And it's taken some time. Mm-hmm. to adjust to that mm-hmm. and I'm not even fully adjusted and in some ways I feel like my personality is so dynamic that I have forced them to <laughs> you single-handedly now, I have single-handedly changed their entire family um to a place where now we do plan around meals <laughs> <laughs> and they've all gained a bunch of weight they're all fat and, <laughs> and I'm and miserable and they hate me but <laughs> I can predict when our meals are. And so yes. I see it as a victory, really. You know, I have come to the realization, not the realization, I've always known it, but, you know, I do not have a healthy relationship with food. In fact, you know, I treat it and, it, you know, my relationship with food is very unhealthy. And so my perspective on this is balancing what I know about mental health, what I know about how we develop attachments and addictions and healthy versus unhealthy habits compared to what I live every day mm-hmm. because there is a huge dichotomy there mm-hmm. and I feel a lot like a hypocrite. I think maybe the goal would be mm-hmm. if you're someone that food is very important to you, mm-hmm. ways to, um, not, not that food can't be important, but mm-hmm. how do you manage that where you're not overeating, where food isn't everything? Mm-hmm. The first step, I think, toward freedom from food, mm-hmm. where food is a joy in your life, but it's not everything, mm-hmm. where you actually enjoy all of your life, mm-hmm. not just eating, right? is mindfulness. And just being aware mm-hmm. of, do you have thoughts about food? Mm-hmm. Do you look at food as a reward? Mm-hmm. Were you, how were you raised around food? What are your parents' mm-hmm. relationship with food? Um, just thinking about it more than maybe you've done in the past. That's the very first step, mm-hmm. I would say. Before you change your diet and before you start looking at different ways of eating and all of that, mm-hmm. just start being aware 
mm-hmm. of what you eat, when you eat, and why. Mm-hmm. And if you can do that for a couple of months even mm-hmm. without changing a thing, mm-hmm. but just increasing your awareness. Do mm-hmm. I reward my kids with food if you have mm-hmm. children? Mm-hmm. Do I... How do I feel about being hungry? Mm-hmm. Do I eat when I'm not hungry? Do I eat when I'm bored? Am right. I more likely to eat more or less when I'm alone? Mm-hmm. Just starting to notice your relationship with food is the very first step before you change anything. Absolutely. So I think that's a good takeaway from this episode. And that's where I started. Okay. I just really thought, what do I even believe and why? Yes. And do I have beliefs that are there for really no reason Mm -hmm. except that I just always thought of? Yes. And are there things that I can do that are really more evidence-based when it comes to diet and what's really good for me? Versus just something that was passed down. Or I have put up a barrier in my mind where I've told myself, I can't do that. I shouldn't do that. I've got this reason why I can't lose weight. So just thinking about my own beliefs and habits. And we're so ritualistic about food. Do I always do this or do I never do that? And that's really where I started. So... What I did and what we're talking about is really put a high beam on our thoughts around food and just really look at them. Focus on food in a way you've never thought about it before. Really take stock in every thought and feeling and belief and bias you have around food because that work will help you forget about food. Yes. Because the ultimate goal is like you said, the food takes a back seat in life. <coughs> I gotta clear my throat again. Excuse me. Let me clear my throat. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. That was like a 90s throwback. That re- Do you know what that song reminds me of? What? Watching MTV Spring Break. In the early yeah, 90s. Yeah, on the beach. On and- the beach when <clears throat> when they would be like, all the hosts would be in shorts and the girls there would be in like the tiniest bathing suits you can imagine. Yeah, yeah. And, and they'd have some band or some contest or uh-huh. something out there on the beach. Yeah. yeah. And I just remember being like, someday, someday I'll go to one of these parties. MTV Spring Break. MTV Spring Break. I still have not achieved it. No, me either. But some, it's still... It's still a goal. You could do it. I could do it. Yeah. Post, post-pandemic. post Yes. <laughs> Everyone move out the way. She just coming. <laughs> She's fulfilling a lifelong dream. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> We're not wearing bikinis any- this year, everybody. We're wearing t-shirts. <laughs> t-shirts to the pool, everybody. It's been a rough year. Right. <laughs>